Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and I'm looking forward to our time together today because Dr. Andy Scuttinga is with me, and we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk today about being kind to one another. Uh, we're going to talk about when the Bible talks about do unto others the golden rule, which, by the way, doesn't literally appear in Scripture, but the the, the message does. It's in Matthew seven twelve. So, in everything you do, do unto others what you would have them do to you. And I think we are told to be kind to one another, we're to be good, we're supposed to uh, be holy. There's all kinds of things we're supposed to be. But having said that, how do we learn kindness? How do we understand kindness? And we're going to talk to Andy about that today, among some other things. Andy is a professor at North Central University, and before he did that, he was the, I want to say, the dean of psychology at some University in Jakarta, Indonesia. <laughs> That's correct. You go ahead and pronounce the name of the university. Universitas Polita Harapan. Okay. So it's nice to have you back. Thanks. It's great yeah. to be back. Yeah. When I hear about, you know, do unto others and be nice and be uh, kind, where do we learn kindness? Where do we learn strength and resilience? And is this something that we learn, Andy, or is it it's it's what was modeled for us or... Let's dig into yeah. this today, if you don't mind. Not at all. I I'm a I'm a huge believer in nature and nurture. Okay, you know, there's there's always been a, a big argument in psychology about the the power of nature versus nurture, and the the more that we learn about people, the more we understand it's it's a combination of both things, right? So there's there's plenty of people out there who are born, I believe, with a kinder disposition. They're just more prone to being nice, to being kind, to being caring, to, to looking out for others. And there's people who, well, aren't as much. <laughs> um, but you can, I think that's partially a, a personality trait, but it's also something clearly that you can you can learn. You can you can learn how to be kind. I mean, you, if it's demonstrated around you, you know, every every children's book. I feel like has a story or many of them have the story of the bully who learns how to be nice. You know, mm-hmm. the nice kids are nice to the bully and then he or she learns how to be a nicer kid. And I think there's some there's some real credence to that. Isn't it easier to not be kind? Yeah. When I look at what's going on with the Internet, with exchanging <laughs> uh, messages and the, some of the vitriol that goes on, I think, well, are we being kind to one another? Are we being uplifting in how we talk to each other? I think that's a huge and significant problem with today's society. It's, it's very, I think it's very difficult to be outwardly kind to people on the internet, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can say nice things, but I think they often come off as being kind of like syrupy and, and, and almost fake. Um, because you, you can't, you can't see the sincerity in a tweet. There's no tone. No, not at all. And are probably, we're, we're probably more likely to take something in a negative light even if it's meant, you know, in a positive way. Yeah. And sarcasm doesn't translate through emails. It doesn't translate through texts. And, I mean, how many times have you read somebody's email and you're like, 
wow, that was very direct. And then you realize later they were probably just being sarcastic, not meaning anything, <laughs> yeah. you know, purposefully. Yeah. I've, I've had to learn personally in my, like, written communication like that to try to avoid too much humor or too much sarcasm because people don't often get it. And right. it's not their fault. Have you ever stated in an email or a text that your tone is gentle or kind or just so you know my tone <laughs> is? Because I've done that quite often. I have not. No, yeah. I've, I've never. I, I shouldn't say never. I, you know, maybe you have a qualifier like what, you know, I'm in the kindest way possible or um, take this yeah. with a grain of salt or, you know, there's some qualifiers that you can put on that. But even then, it's it's kind of hard to, to express that, I think. Yeah, because sometimes you'll read an email and you'll go, oh, this person sounds really mad. Yeah. And you go, oh, they're, they're not mad, right? Right. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty common. And tweets are probably worse. I, I personally, I don't do Twitter. And um, I'm sorry, Jack Dorsey, but I would recommend that nobody uses Twitter. <laughs> I would get rid of it. If I could erase something from society, I would get rid of Twitter like today. Yeah. Because it's a it's a poor mechanism for good communication. It's a great mechanism for poor communication. Like what can you say with a value in 140 tweet characters other than hey, I love you or wow, that was amazing. I mean, you could okay, yeah. you could do some nice things with yeah. it, but still it's it's just it it, it it's yeah, it has a lot of negatives to it, I believe. Yeah, Dr. Andy Scuttinga is my guest. He's a professor of psychology. So as we talk about things like kindness and, and where we learn it, do we learn this at our mother's knee? Do we learn this by watching dad, the way he treated uh, the cashier at the grocery store? Um, when we see acts of kindness, do we say, ooh, that's how I want to act when I'm in that s- situation? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, we do. We we. Kids learn so much from their adult exemplars, whether it's teachers, whether it's parents or or family members, you know, uncles and aunts, or even just people on the street. Um, you know, we used to look towards police officers and firefighters, EMTs, uh, public servants like that, who were supposed to be kind leaders for us. And I, I, I remember that. I think they still are today. I think in they many are too. Cases, um, in most cases, honestly. <laughs> But we don't we don't hear about that as much anymore. But yeah, that those examples are are incredibly incredibly important. And I, look, my parents are listening right now out there in Denver, Colorado, okay. and I and I learned a lot of kindness from both my mother and my father. It wasn't just my mom. You know, a lot of times we attribute those kind of kind nice things to women, but I think especially for young boys, they're looking up to their fathers for how they're supposed to act in society as well. And so dads out there, I mean, it's. It's upon us to show our sons, not just our daughters, but our sons as well, that kindness is key. And kindness isn't a tool for getting you places. It's a tool for making other people feel well and to be a servant to other people. Because mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of kindness is, is servanthood. And Paul talks about it in Ephesians in 4.32. He says, instead, be kind and tenderhearted toward one another, forgiving each other as God has forgiven you in Christ. Yeah, he meant that for everybody, not just he for certain segments of the population. Yeah, but but kindness, when it's done um, at all, is always remembered. I don't think anyone ever forgets an act of kindness. Uh, as simple and insignificant as you think it might be, it is a life memory for most people. Sure it is. You know, we I feel like we talked about this a little bit about a year ago, um, how important it is for us to just send small notes of encouragement to coworkers and friends and, and family members. And I do this from time to time when I think about it, but I don't do it near, nearly as enough or, or as much as I could, mm-hmm. you know, just sending someone an e- Okay. So an email, you can say, Hey, thanks. 
a lot for what you do. Um, you know, in, in my workplace at a university, you know, you might you could send an email to somebody in a different area to say, I had a student today come in and talk about X, Y, or Z. Thanks for doing this for them. I really appreciate it. That, that speaks volumes to people. And you're right. People remember those sorts of things for a long time. Yeah. Any act of kindness, I pretty much is certain to be remembered for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can pass that on to other people yourself. Yeah. That's that's the beauty of, of, of kind acts is that kind of pay it forward mentality. You know, when, when you've had a couple of nice things go your way, it becomes easier to do that for somebody else. It, mm-hmm. it really does. And then you've, you get this kind of snowball effect that hopefully infects a lot of people in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I'm real curious if you've got a story of kindness that impacted you in a significant way, and it might have even not been that big of a deal in the eyes of the person that extended you that kindness. Right. Oh, it's like this, ah, that was nothing, you know? Yeah. And that was their opinion. But for you, it was monumental. Uh, right. I love stories of kindness because I, I know it's encouraging and it's motivating, and it's kind of celebratory, too to hear of what acts of kindness were done, either something you did or something you received. And if you're willing to tell the story in a couple of sentences, I'd love for you to text it over. It's kind of fun to have these stories to talk about and share. You can send them to 877-933-2484. Dr. Andy Scudding is my guest. I also, Andy, want to talk about uh, whether you've had a traumatic experience and does that get passed on uh, to other generations? Or does strength and resilience get passed on through other generations? And I think out of that is going to come your ability to be kind or uh, what kindness is going to look like yeah. based on your experiences. There is a growing, that's a, that's a growing area of research in, in not only psychology, but in sociology as well. How do we, how do we as human beings pass on trauma to our offspring and to our our progeny, kids, you know, <laughs> progeny offspring sounds kind of really official, but it does sound um, official. You know, it there there's they're, they're looking researchers who take a look at this are looking at it from two different lenses. One is the genetic lens, like are we literally changing our bodies, like our body chemistry makeup from one generation to the next based on trauma and things like oppression, uh, racism. Um, kind of some of some of the other isms that you might mm-hmm. experience that are negative in society. And then there's the, the a, a, probably a more robust area of research that looks at how do we pass those things on to our kids through our actions and what we teach them. And it started with research on Holocaust survivors and their children and their children's children. And how do they pass on, how do they pass on that incredible trauma of the Holocaust Particularly, you know, obviously not just survivors, but children of of people who were killed in in concentration camps and whatnot. How do they pass on that those those feelings of anxiety uh, or other different negative feelings to their children? And the research was pretty clear that that is actually the case. But a lot of it ties into how parents talk about things, how parents teach their children what to be afraid of and what to, mm. what to fear, yeah. what to who not to trust. Um, a great example of this has come out very recently, um, and, I, and I, this, isn't, this isn't political. I want to be really careful here, but there's a lot of African-Americans who are distrustful of vaccines and medicines because their parents talked to them about the Tuskegee um, Institute that used 
African-American males to see how syphilis would work in the human body. I mean, it's a, it's a famous study. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a stain on our history, and it's a very real thing. And now genetically, is that passed on? There's no evidence of that whatsoever. But the idea behind it that you just don't trust medicine in certain places of the country, that is something that we clearly can see is passed on from one generation to the next, and it absolutely impacts behavior. Yeah. Interesting. Dr. Andy Scudding is my guest. He's a professor of psychology at North Central University. And we're going to continue talking about kindness and intergenerational trauma and intergenerational stress and resilience. If you have any questions or you've got a story of kindness in the way that your life has been impacted, we'd love to hear that. It's uh, encouraging and inspirational. 877-933-2484. You can, of course, remain anonymous if you like. Be right back. Dr. Andy Scudinga, he's a psychology professor at North Central University. And when we talk about the golden rule, of course, golden rule is not found in Scripture, but it's in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew uh, 7. So in everything, do unto others what you would have them do to you. And I do um, understand the human condition where we we do want to be, um, we want to be loved, we want to be respected, we want to um, have someone say that, we matter. And so when we look at the golden rule, if you are craving words of affirmation, you might want to turn around and give people words of affirmation. Yeah, that is that is that is so on the money. It's one of those classic biblical truisms that research shows too. You know, when you demonstrate positivity, people around you feel it and will re- will yeah. reciprocate it. When you're when you radiate being a jerk, <laughs> people <Yeah. laughs> will return will return the favor. Um, I was just having a conversation uh, uh, yesterday with somebody who lives and works on the East Coast who grew up in Minnesota. Um, and, you know, we can say all we want about Minnesota nice and, and East Coast brusqueness, um, but those things for him have been largely true. Mm-hmm. And he works works in the, in the financial sector. And part of the the ethos around that work world is being very direct and not being very feeling oriented. And when people treat each other as kind of commodities with one another, they feel that way. And, and just the way that he was describing it demonstrates that, yeah, when, when you develop kind of this theme around how you work and how you relate to others, it comes right back at you. Yeah. And so, you know, Minnesotans are kind of famous for their Minnesota nice, but also for passive aggressiveness. And when we create these communities around ourselves that that are based on these kinds of ideals, that that's where you reap what you sow. Right. You know, and, and it's exactly right. Do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. So if you want people to be nice to you, be be nice to them, even if you don't like them very much. Mm-hmm. When you're uh, offering criticism that just popped into my head, Andy, uh, do you like the sandwich approach? Because I'm not a big fan of that. Like you, you oh, sandwich, yeah. uh, you put a criticism in between two nice things. 
I don't do that. Well, I'm glad you don't because I don't really like it. <laughs> I think it kind of feels disingenuous. Yeah. <clears throat> and, I've, I've always felt that way, too, actually, <clears throat> that, you know, you're, you're – yeah, that, I think that's where you get the phrase buttering up to people, too. It's, yeah. You know, you put slap a little butter on the bread. And right. then, but why would you want, a, like, an old piece of meat in your sandwich? You I mean, you don't remember nice. the nice things, right? No, I never remember the nice things. You just things. focus on the one thing that's being said in the middle. Yeah, and, and you can even see it coming, right, when, like, your boss says, hey, you know, one thing I really appreciate about you is when you speak up in meetings, <laughs> but what I don't like is when you say dumb things in the meetings, right? You're like, what? hey, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. You, you can see it coming, and you, you almost have to duck. So when when people, they're worthy of respect and love and appreciation, and this is, we're, yeah. you know, created in God's image. And Jesus, I think, completely understands that, our, you know, he wants us to uh, love one another, forgive one another, and be kind and tenderhearted toward one another. So this is what he desires. So when we're going to do this very thing, this golden rule, um, we have to, I think, be very intentional. It's not if I get around to being kind. Right. You know, if I've got the bandwidth today to be nice, I'll do my best. Yeah, that's that's a that's not a helpful mentality to have. If I, you're already setting yourself up for failure, right? If I have things, everything lined up into place, then I can be nice to people. <laughs> that, well, I mean, what what does it take to have everything lined up? Do you have to have, the, you know, the, a perfect tasting cup of coffee in the morning? Do you have to have, you know, if you have kids in your house, do they have to have been ready on time for you to have a good rest of the day? You know, there's all kinds of these qualifiers that we can put in place. Or you can wake up and say, what can I do to be the most positive, kind, encouraging person that I can be? You know, even if it takes you a couple of months of saying that every day, it, it'll, it'll make its way through and then it'll start to bleed out into your daily life, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, here's... Something just came in on the text line. I was bullied in high school by different guys. One day, about 25 years later, one of the bullies stopped at my house. He apologized and asked for my forgiveness for him bullying me. Wow. He had accepted Jesus as his Savior and wanted to clear up the past. We're friends now. That's pretty amazing. I mean, that's a pretty incredible story. Yeah. And be kind and tenderhearted to one another, forgiving one another as God has forgiven you in Christ. Yeah. I think forgiveness is a is a big part of the puzzle here, isn't it? It is. But I'm, I'm curious, Andy, too, as we wow. talk about um, the ways in which we understand kindness. And again, I think if you have been treated in a very kind way, I think there's a template that you go out into the world with. Yeah. There's considerations you offer. Um, sometimes if you've been at a really high-end restaurant and you sometimes wonder if people working there have ever been, have ever been able to afford to eat there. You know yeah. what I mean? And if it wasn't yeah. for the great training, you would you would go, well, you know, once you have experienced something, I think you're in a better position to share that experience with somebody else. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Yeah, it. we we have to think in two ways. You know, we have to look at it as what what kind of examples of kindness have I seen? Who's been who's been kind to me? Who have I seen being kind to others? At the same time, we also have to look for ways that we can show others around us how to be kind and how to be generous as well. I mean, it has to be a two-way street. We have to be willing to learn, but we also have to be willing to teach others, especially younger people, kids mm-hmm. in particular. Yeah, and I, I, I think that with technology and as much as I like it and use it, there was a time when 
communication was driven by meeting people in person, calling them on the telephone. And with that comes a, a person's tone of voice. Mm-hmm. There's inflections, there's nuances. And then when you see them in person, there's that all that nonverbal. So I think we used to communicate better, I think. I think so. I think we definitely communicated better in the past when you had to think about carefully crafting your message before you said it. And notice I said, said it. Right. You know, but not before posting it, not before right. emailing it, not before, um, you know, tweeting it or, or whatever else you can think of. Texting, I suppose it would work too. Um, yeah, there's... There's pros and cons to, to all of it, right? You know, I was thinking back to my graduate program. One of the things that I appreciated about it was we did a lot of our work online with others, and you had to carefully craft what you were going to say because you had a limited amount of space to do it in. That was helpful for people who could just kind of talk and talk and talk. But at the same time, I, I deeply missed that connection with classmates to look them in the eye and say, I agree with you. That's a really good point. Or I disagree with you. And here's here's why, you know, and we can agree to disagree and we can still be friends about it. That's a lot harder to do in a written setting where you're not looking at someone else. And I, I think we really, we we truly miss that in today's society. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I sometimes am amazed at how much we do use technology when somebody will say, well, I've got to text my dad. And I think, it's your dad. You should call him. Right. Yeah. That's what about texting your dad to tell him how to listen to the show online? <laughs> that is that okay? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But that yeah, that so I mean, I don't want to completely trash, you know, like social media and and online tools. There's 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 some incredible benefit that goes with is. that, right? I of mean, course. you can send massive files now that you can talk about on the phone. You can send someone a file or you know, documents right. and you can discuss it together. You can you can send a quick message when you aren't able to call because you can, you know, text somebody underneath your desk and say, you know, meet me here at six o'clock instead of making a big show out of it. So there's some good things to that. But when it comes to conveying real messages that have that matter face to face with your voice is, is definitely mm-hmm. better. So the command to love is what separates the Christian from just about everybody. And God commands us to do that, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. Instead, be kind and tender-hearted toward one another. We're talking about kindness today with Dr. Andy Scuddinga. He's a psychology professor at North Central University. After a short break, we'll be right back. If you've got a story of kindness, uh, we'd love to hear it. You can text it over to 877-933-2484 because when you do an act of kindness, it can be very transformational for you. We'd love to hear that story too. Be right back.
I'm back with Dr. Andy Scudinga. He's a psychology professor at North Central University. We're talking about the golden rule today. It is a uh, positive uh, command, really, of Jesus to be uh, loving and show love in a very proactive way. And we um, we need to take this very seriously. And we, we've got so many impersonal virtual relationships today. And I think we have lost some of what it means to be kind to one another. It gets harder and harder. You know, when you were growing up, did your parents say, don't talk to strangers or? No. They said, talk to strangers? Well, oh man, I got to think about that now. It, it, they encouraged us to talk politely to the right kinds of strangers, nice. if that makes sense. That's good instruction. You know, when, because, okay, so I grew up in Phoenix in the 80s. I'm, you saw us, I'm like 46 now, for those of you out there, for a reference point. So. Okay. You know, in the early to mid-80s, that was kind of the beginning of the stolen child epidemic. Right? Oh. You know, like, remember when um, America's Most Wanted, the host, yes. Bill Walsh, yes. or John Walsh, his son was kidnapped and murdered. And it was right about that time when you we had this massive push in society to stay away from strangers because strangers could kidnap you and kill you like that Walsh kid. Oh. And that re- actual research has shown that that push has changed how parents talk to their kids about how they talk to other people. You know, now we're, we're so much more cautious about our kids riding their bike around the block because they might get kidnapped. Well, kidnapping numbers have, have actually gone down quite a bit since then, and it's not nearly the danger that we think it is. Um, so, but, yeah, going back to the point, my, my parents definitely told me, you know, don't, don't talk to weird people. But right. if somebody drove up to the house and but said, hey, to me. can you tell me where to go? Yeah. We were supposed to politely answer them and try to help them or go get one of our parents right. to help them out. Not to mention, you probably answered the phone, Scudding, a residence, Andy speaking. Yeah, it was something like that. Kind of formal. Hello, Scuddingas. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Boy, that immediately popped into my head. That was kind of, that's kind of funny how that works, right? Yeah. Those yeah. memories just shoot up. Hello, Scuddingas. Well, that's funny. I would never answer the phone like that now. No, I know you wouldn't. I don't yeah. even have a home phone. That's true. But we're as believers, we are to put on kindness. We are to put on tenderheartedness. And we are to put on forgiveness. Yeah. This is a reminder for me, and I hope for everyone who's listening, uh, that God's grace and graciousness is found in Jesus Christ. And he shows us what it means to be kind to one another. Yeah. To give people what they stand in need of, right? That's kindness. I mean, but it's some, you, you said it earlier, Bill, it's sometimes just the smallest thing, just thanking somebody for what they do or noticing someone doing something. And it, just, it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to save someone's life. Maybe you save them five bucks, right? You know, hey, here's, here's a good way to save some money. Hey, that was, that was really nice. Way to go. You know, we don't. We don't probably encourage people enough for little things as much as 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 much as we should. Mm-hmm. You know, if if people are looking for ways, well, how, okay, so you guys talk about being kinder. Well, how do I do that? Well, there, there's there's a there's a good example right there. Yeah, just little things. Kindness is an attribute of God. It says in Titus chapter three verse four. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah. 
um, when it says in First Corinthians, love is patient and love is kind. I don't know if you can beat, you know, you can get around that. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, you heard love is patient, love is kind. Yeah. It's, I, I find it harder to be patient than kind sometimes. I do too. In a way easier. for things. Ugh. Yeah. Because you can fake kindness at times, can't you? Sure you can. <laughs> and is it wrong to fake it? Well, uh, that's an interesting question because then it goes to what what's the intent? You know, what is what is in your heart? If you're faking kindness to try to learn how to be more kind, that's probably a good intent. That's not bad, is it? No, I don't think so. Because if you're not good at it, you have to figure out a way to start, that's, right? That's exactly right. And, you know, there's there's a lot of research out there that suggests that faking things until you make it is actually a good policy for yourself. Mm. You know, if you if you aren't particularly nice or maybe you're not very outgoing but you would like to be or you need to be based on a, a job that you have or, you know, whatever it is, or you're trying to develop a new habit, you, you fake it until you make it a habit or make it a policy for yourself. And that actually, that does work. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it does. It depends on, you know, what it is you're trying to do, but in most cases that works. And so I think that's a good policy when you have the end goal in mind of I want to reach this this goal or I want to I want to become this kind of person. So you you do start kind of by faking it. Andy, when you express any kind of affirmation or, or kindness, you're you're doing the work of the Lord, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. because if the opposite would be uh any kind of judgment or condemnation, um you're you're not doing what I think God calls us to do. No, I, and it's I so think you're easy right. to feel like you're willing to want to condemn the guy that just cut you off in traffic or somebody that just didn't give you the customer service you thought you wanted or deserved or right. you can get awfully mad at times or frustrated. Um, but if you can find a way in the midst of all of that, just to say, my default is to be kind. That's a great, it's a great mentality to have. And I, I think it comes with when you want to change your mentality like that, it's something that you can't just say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be kinder. Right. <laughs> you know, you, you literally will have to remind yourself of this every, every day for a, for a while. It takes a lot longer to make a good habit than it does a bad habit. And it takes a lot longer to break a bad habit than it does to break a good habit. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, you know, kind of like sin stacks the deck against us that way. Yeah. Um, and you know, years of years and years of research have demonstrated this over and over again, these, these habit forming things, they do yeah. take a while. Yeah. And so if you want to become a different person in that regard, you have to practice it every single day. Yeah. And isn't it a good, a while. isn't it a good self-regulator too, when you just act in kind ways because yeah. you're calming yourself down Yeah. because you've, you've given a measure of love and kindness to somebody. And even if you're still in a difficult situation and you have to persevere, at least you've made the effort. Yeah. Uh, I, I what's think my that's point? Right. Well, I, I think I have a point here I'm trying to make. Um, if you, for example, something I sometimes, I regularly say this when I'm having a hard time with customer service or something and they're, and they're, they're not being very attentive and they, or a waitress will come by and say, I'll be with you in a minute, or they're kind of short. I always say to them, take your time. That's pretty nice. Just take your time. It lets them know that, you know, the world doesn't revolve around me, despite how hungry I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it gives them some margin, I think. It says, that's a, that was kind. Take your time. Now, do I mean it? No. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, you know, it's like. But I, that's okay. I, actually, I do mean it. 
because they're doing their best. Well, and uh, honestly, Bill, even if you don't, uh, I think even if you don't mean those things deep down in your heart, they can still be very valuable for the person who receives it. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And and I don't think it's I don't think in that case it's being disingenuous because you're trying to do something that is beneficial to others. You know, now if you're ready to close an important deal and you need to be nice because you heard that the other person likes nice people and you're just being super nice so that you can make some money off of this mm-hmm. so that you can close the sale or you know get what you want that that to me is you know that's just dirty right you know that's that's just the wrong way to do it and i and i don't think you become rewarded for that over time um you, we don't want to be into that position where we're just doing it just to do it for our own benefit mm-hmm. there has to be a a piece of it that you are doing with a servant's heart because you want to benefit others' lives as well. And Andy, if you are trying to have kindness be your, your, your lead foot in any in, in situation, is are you more, more likely to be looking for ways to encourage and affirm and maybe even forgive rather than to blame? Oh, I think so. If that's your default. If, you're, if your default is kindness, you're going to be probably um, more loving, forgiving, and not blaming. I, I think that's exactly right. I think you're you're right, you're right on the money. You know, it's it's funny. I, I keep having this thought, so I'll, I'll say it out loud now. Our um, our youngest son, Anderson, had, took a job at Culver's this summer. And his job is pretty simple. He brings food out, and he brings it to the, to the drive-through people. Uh-huh. And every day he comes out, and um, he every, every time he works, he'll come home and tell us, Usually one or two stories of people who were really kind, really nice. Mm. Like, oh, hey, thank you so much for this food. This is great. Or you're doing a great job. You know, I mean, come on. He carried a bag of <laughs> fries and a burger and a and a Pepsi or a Coke or whatever out to a car and handed it to them, right? You know, he does it with a cheerful attitude and he's nice about it and all sorts of things. And But some people are just genuinely really thankful and nice about it. And that sticks with him till the end of the does. day. And yeah. he doesn't know if any of those people really mean it or not. He'll, he, has, he has no idea. Um, during the golf tournament um, that was there, like I don't know, two weeks ago, I don't even know which one it was, he said one of the golfers was there in his marked car, you know, because they give the golfers yeah. like a, a special car to drive around. He brought the food out and said to the to the gentleman, here's, hi, well, you know, here's your food or whatever. He has kind of a lion. The guy says, yeah, yeah. Um, he said, did you order, you know, burger and fries? Yeah, yeah. Just give me my food. And, and my son said, okay, well, have a nice day. Yeah, okay. And he, he drove away. That that stuck with him as well. I mean, that's just like, to me, the epitome of unkindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just give me my food. And he he said, I, wonder, I wondered who that guy was. Because he, he, it stuck with him. That to me is where that guy could have maybe he shot ten over and got booted out of the tournament, mm-hmm. but he had a choice, right. which we all do. Every interaction we have with people, we have a choice. No matter how bad our day was or how good it was, we have an opportunity to treat people with kindness, no matter what's going on for well, ourselves. Our little psyches can get beat up every day, can't, can't oh, they? Oh man, yeah. And a little acts of kindness and um, gentleness go go a long way. It could turn somebody's entire day around. Because mm-hmm. if you've had eight of those people in a row, it becomes less fun to take food out to people when they're saying, hey, how come my cheese curds are late? You know, right. why is my whatever late? 
or this has a drip of ice cream on it. I need you to wipe it off. You know, that's, that's <laughs> not kindness, yeah. right? And yeah. that sticks with people as well. In Ephesians, Paul talks about, uh, I think, six sinful attitudes and behaviors. And we've got bitterness right up there at the top of the heap. Yeah. You've got anger, wrath, slander, malice. These are, you know, words that we may not completely understand well today, clamor. But it's uh, the bitterness, if that's at the top of your your heap pile, you're not going to probably have kindness as a default. No. Bitterness is like, well, it's like when you put a, bitter root in a salad or right. in your food, you, you t- it gets on everything. And bitterness as a mentality, as, as your default position is just, it, you're going to become a miserable person yeah. over but, time. Andy, I just looked it up. Clamor means shouting and loud quarreling. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've done all those things at some <laughs> point. Yeah. As early, <laughs> as early as today. No, I've oh. done no clamoring oh, good, today. Good. Haven't good. been bitter today. I don't. And, and I've been pretty good today, actually. And slander means evil speaking, and the Greek word uh, malice implies wickedness, yeah. which is really at the root of all the sins there. And I think slander is an easy one for us to overlook. Is like, oh, I don't, I don't walk around saying wicked things about people. Really? I mean. I maybe I said something about somebody at work, and I should, probably shouldn't have told other people that they did that. But that's not slander. No, actually, that is slander, and and you know I'm guilty of that too. You know, you you go and kind of talk about some of these issues. You know, we've all done this. We've we've all done the the helpful prayer request share. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you hear about you know Jeff and Kathy? Right, they're getting a divorce. But I, I wasn't supposed to tell anybody, but I thought you should know because you could pray for them, mm-hmm. right? I, that's, to me, that's a great example of slander. Even mm-hmm. though we're trying, you know, I'm doing the air quotes here. Yeah, can, right. Which nobody can see. Um, that's That, to me, is slander. That's not kindness. And we can't hide. It's gossipy, isn't it? Yes, we can't hide no. gossip in kindness. It doesn't work. Dr. Andy Scuttinga is my guest. We're talking about the golden rule and to be kind to one another. And it's what God wants us to be. And we're going to take a little break and come back, talk more about kindness and the golden rule. If you have a story of kindness, one that really changed your life or something that was just something you want to share, we'd love to hear it. I'm here with Dr. Andy Scuttinga. We've got some great comments coming in. I just got a great text. Try to say thank you for being here to the store clerks and then toss in, have a blessed day. Yeah, that's, that's really a nice. kindness. It's just a kindness. Sure it is. I like that a lot. Um, another uh, listener said this, and this is difficult for sure. Uh, they're, they're being sued, not really quite sure why they're being sued. These people are of means. They've completed the job. Um, they feel that they don't want to pay the final bill and they're, you know, 
this couple is living paycheck to paycheck and they're upset and they feel wronged. So how do you feel love towards that situation? How are we kind and tender hearted when we feel like there's been an uh, inequality or a, a real hurt there or an injustice? It's really hard to, I mean, let's, I mean, if we're being really honest, a situation like that, it's incredibly hard to be, to feel loving towards somebody who's persecuting you like that. Cause I, I, I would say that's persecution. It's, it's unfair. And, and obviously we don't know all the details of the whole story or, or what happened, but it's, we, but how, you know, and there, there's the, there's the, but in the story, right? There's, there's still that, right. that big word, that qualifier, but we're still called to treat our enemies, you know, with love. We're supposed to, well, is a heat burning coals on the head of my enemy? You know, that sounds really egregious, but it's actually, if I remember right, that's, it, that's not a literal type of thing. So that, maybe that was a bad example to bring up. But the idea here is we, we still, if we're interacting with this, you're, you're the plaintiff, you still have to treat them with respect and kindness and love, even if they're not extending you grace and mercy when they should. And I'll tell you, that is that is one of the greatest trials for for Christians in any time of society's history is to have something go so hard against you and still treat people the way that they deserve to be treated as fellow human beings. Mm. That's a very difficult situation, and I, I know a lot of people when they feel like they've been hurt or wronged or treated unjustly. And God says, be kind and tenderhearted. I don't, I can understand the, the, the difficulty in oh, yeah. processing this. And I don't, I do not believe that that means you just roll over and let someone take advantage I of agree. you either. I, I think you still have to stand up for what is right and what is just. And you can... You can turn the other cheek, but I don't think turning the other cheek means, okay, well, do whatever you want to me because I'm a Christian. I don't think that's what it means either. I, I think it means you don't throw back the vitriol that you've received. You don't throw back the rude talking. You state your case, and if it's a court issue, you go to court, and you hire an attorney who can help you that you can hopefully afford, and I think you fight for what is fair and what is what is just without denigrating the character of the other person, you don't need to do that. They'll do it themselves. Mm. And I think that's really hard for us to do. I mean, I can imagine myself in that situation and not being very kind and not saying very kind things about the other the other people involved with this, particularly if you don't even know why they're trying to sue you. That That's a hard situation, and, and I, I totally empathize with the, with the listener. Mm-hmm. And I know there's great uh, kindness that comes from mere words, uh, words alone can transform people. Uh, there's also incredible uh, acts of service that I think are also kind. I love that passage in Acts 28, verse 2. It says, The native people showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and was cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just a simple thing. Hey, we'll, um, we'll, we'll start you a fire. It's cold and rainy. We're going to get a fire going. Come on over. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty nice. You know, there wasn't air conditioning and, you know, a furnace and a parking garage <laughs> over there. Right. And, of course, we look at Galatians 5.22, and we look at the fruits of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well done. Thank you.
I memorized that a long time ago. Yeah, that was that was impressive. Yeah, but the kindness part, the kindness piece, uh, is one I just wanted to keep talking today with Dr. Andy Scuttinga about because I think it's intentional. I pretty much have to make sure that you are um, not just expecting yourself to be kind, but you have to keep it at the forefront of your mind because it will make a person's day, week, month, year. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it could lift somebody up for a year. I mean, when, okay, I'll, I'll self-disclose a little bit if it may, because there may be, I'm sure there's other people out there who would do the same thing that I would. Um, sometimes when I get, um, it doesn't happen a ton, but I get, I'll get cards from students sometimes after one class, sometimes after graduation. Mm-hmm. I hang on to those. Some people would be like, why are you holding on to that? That's kind of lame. Well, sometimes when you think, man, am I really doing something of value here? Am I really accomplishing anything? You can pull those out and take a look at it. And that's where an act of kindness can last for a long time. You know, I don't have cards from 15 years ago. That's probably stretching a little bit too far. But, you know, I I found a card in a box from a student just after, after one class. She said some really nice and affirming, encouraging things. And I read that again. I was like, oh, I mean, that just, you still, you know, that feeling of warmth you get or, completely. you know, it, I guess that's the only way to describe it. The feelings of warmth or you get that kind of feeling in the back of your neck that just is a pleasant feeling. Mm-hmm. I had that all over again. I thought, <laughs> well, that's, that's so nice. You know, next time I see that student, I'm going to have to tell her, thank you for that card. That meant a lot to me and it, and it still does. I appreciate it. Yeah. Here's a kind story that just came in. I remember I was going to run in a race alone. And I trained mostly by myself, and I knew I'd cross the finish line with strangers, which is fine. I was running, ready to make the turn around at the halfway point, when I heard a familiar voice say my name, and they said, Way to go. Keep up the good work. I saw my stepdad's bright and cheery face cheering me on. His appearance surprised me, but gave me a lift I never would have even thought to have asked for. Oh, that's pretty cool. I think Andy and I are tearing up a little bit. In yeah, here. <laughs> and, uh, I've been in races, and let me tell you, when you're at the end yeah. or halfway, and someone shouts for you like that, it's it's awesome. It's a it's a great feeling. My my favorite race to ever run is um is our our school Avail Academy every year has a has a five k that we do around mm-hmm. Lake Harriet, I think. Uh, every October, anybody's welcome to come. It's free, and you just come and you do a five k and. I love it because there's so many families there who are yelling for people that they don't even, they, they may not know very well. They mm-hmm. might come from another campus. And so you have Avail parents from Edina yelling for parents from from Blaine and from the high school. And it's such an encouraging time because, I mean, really, there's probably two people in the whole race who are really competitive racers. Right. The rest are weekend runners, you know, or kind of, you know, some people haven't run in two years and those people get the most cheers because they're coming in at like 30, 33 minutes. They're barely making it. But yet there's something incredibly uplifting about hearing several hundred people say, yay, come on, yeah, you can do no it. No kidding. No kidding. And I will say from the notes I've gotten from listeners, from people who support Faith Radio, who listen to the show, who will drop me a note of encouragement. Mm. You think that's not a big deal? Oh, no. It's a huge deal. It is. It's transformational. If you ever, here's a tip. If you're ever feeling like bad about humanity as a whole, go. Write me a note. <laughs> yeah, you could do that too. Yeah. Um, what? Go to a middle school 
cross-country meet. And you will find out just how much encouragement matters. Yeah. I think on that note, Andy, uh, I'll just say thanks for being here today. It's been great to talk about the golden rule and doing to others. And as uh, believers, is, being kind to one another is not an option for the people of God. So just an encouragement that I'm saying to myself, and hopefully others will hear that and say, let's make sure kindness is at the default in all we do and say. Uplift each other up. All right. That's uh, Dr. Andy Scuttinga has been my guest. He's a professor of psychology uh, at North Central University, and he also used to work in Indonesia, but we talked about that at the beginning of the show. We're not going to bring that up again, are we, Andy? Maybe. All right. Well, that's, we're out of time. Say hi to okay, your parents. Okay, so not today. Say hi to your parents real quick. Hey, Mom and Dad, Rain Kelly Scuttinga out in Denver, Colorado, listening online. Sweet. All right. That wraps up uh, our show with Andy. We're going to take a little break when we come back. Author Ace Collins is joining me, and if you have heard Ace in the past, you know you are in for a ginormous treat. He is the author of over 100 books. I don't think I've read 100 books, so that's all coming up next. Uh, Author Ace Collins in just a few minutes. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.